0: Welcome to episode seventeen of Save a Boucan Deals, the show with no name podcast. On the edge of seventeen, I am unfortunately not joined by my co-host and co-anchor Julia Felix. However, I'm here, and I will be your entertainment. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Be-de-bow-bow. Something tells me that, that he thought it was an audio call on Facebook and that I had one of those, he thought I had one of them CIA's monitoring software thing, Majibs, you know, like the kind that you connect to a phone that you see it in spy movies. I don't, I don't operate that way. I'm old school. You know what I'm saying? Zoom. Zoom is, I wish I could say that Zoom are the official sponsors of Safeable Can Deals, the show with no name podcast, but that would be ridiculous because surely Zoom sponsors everybody's podcast that's being done right now, thanks to Corona. I'm surprised there's not, you know, 30 years from now, there'll probably be a musical, Corona, the musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber Jr the son of the late Andrew Lloyd Webber and Lady Gaga. That would be such a weird hybridizing. Can you imagine? I mean, they, their children would be phenomenally gifted, you know, musical styles of Lady Gaga, Broadway productions of Andrew Lloyd Webber. You've got something there. You've got something there. Yep, as I suspected, Chris is trying to make himself look presentable because, Obviously in the days of Corona, many people, for example, you might not be able to see it, but I'm completely butt naked from the waist down, which is kind of weird, you know, cause it's like, why would I wear a hoodie and several other layers above and be absolutely, you know, Celtic warrior commando true scotsman with no nee underwear. On a cold, wintry night in Hagami. nee, that doesn't make sense. I don't know why I go to the Scottish accent whenever it comes to talking and addressing the cold. It just seems to be fitting. You know what I mean? Aye. As I suspected, Chris Oxenray is running fashion really late. But well, that's not a problem, because you will be accompanied by me, your beautifully funny, witty, and ever so cute host Saif Abu the third, Esquire from the Cairo, not to be confused with the Cairo Abu i and from the Alexandrian Abu Khandils. Thank you very much, yes. Because everyone in Egypt has a posh aristocratic accent, yes. It would make sense for all those old movies, wherever they were set in Egypt, and the pharaohs, and they would get people to be like, I say, by Ra, isn't that peculiar? I hear those Greeks are coming over the Mediterranean. They want to discuss things. Ah, here are the Greeks. Hello, you must be the Pharaohs. We're the Greeks. Jolly good, what? That's pretty much what Hollywood does to all, <laughs> everything outside of uh, Hollywood. It's, it's crazy, it's madness. I would love to say that this episode is sponsored by Cookies Mania, Cookies Mania, I think that's their name, uh, we reached out to each other on social media, I love cookies, as you can hear from my you can hear from my verse, I love cookies, oh yes, I love cookies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I do love my cookies, and I thought, you know, what a way for, you know, entrepreneur and cookie maker to be associated with a comedian that loves eating cookies and does the only English-speaking, English speaking, English stand up comedian podcast recording from Egypt. Of course, when I move from Egypt, that will be quite sad that I shall no longer be exclusive. Although I could say, and I could pass off for the only Egyptian Iraqi Kurdish with an American accent podcaster when I relocate to Scotland. I'm I'm so confused right now.
1: Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on. Uh,
0: I can, hello. I, I can hear you. I can see you. But if you want to do this at a later time, we can do
1: it. Good job I haven't got my uh, baseball cap on because we look like twins.
0: Yes, twins be- that were separated from the continents of Asia and Africa long, long ago. Exactly. What I love about talking about what I love about talking about what I love about talking with Izzy is that she I find her to be like the embodiment of all the different disciplines of English comedy flavors like there's a touch of Monty Python there's a touch of Morkman Wise there's a touch of Fry and Laurie there's a touch of Blackadder there's a touch of uh, Bottom <laughs> you know there's a touch of all the British classics, you know. Um, what was that old 70s show? Not The Honeymooners. Mind Your Language. Not Mind Your... Well, yeah, Mind Your Language is brilliant. I love... Oh, I love nothing that, like yeah. good old unpolitically correct, you know, get all the <laughs> left wing... Let's
1: talk about, talk about that, because I do like that show. If you want to talk comedy as well.
0: I beg your pardon?
1: If you want to talk comedy, join the podcast now. Let's talk about Mind Your Language. Because I think... I love that shirt, man. I think
0: it's classic. I was I was raised in the '80s, uh, and I mean, like I was born in the '70s, raised in the '80s. You know, mm. I grew up watching Cosby, um, Golden Girls, Empty Nest, and then also the Two Ronnies, Blackadder, um, Mind Your Language, and just a quick fyi to our listeners on the show with no name podcast episode 17 i am now joined by chris oxenbury Hello. quick bio on chris he is a phenomenal artist a a renaissance artist of the 21st century in regards to 3d and 2d artwork that he does as well as a stand-up comedian and he's based in the midlands is that correct that is very correct indeed I'm uh, not 100% sure if we ever actually cross paths at a fringe or at a festival.
1: Well, that's the thing, but me and you, we chat and we comment on, comment on stuff. Yeah, and it's all good in that, but I, I, I don't know if I've ever met you in real life.
0: But I, I know feel I'm like- at, I know I' met Aidan Goldley and like majority of everyone on my podcast, with the exception of a couple of guests. Like, yeah. I never actually met Kai Humphreys in person. No, no, no. He was uh episode uh, 12. Uh, I, never met, <laughs> I never met uh, Esther Minito, but episode oh, 11, she's a phenomenal. Uh, I have met Martin Moore at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2014. I love Brilliant guy. Because I know there's the Southwest, I know there's the Southeast, hmm. I know there's the Midlands. I know there's the North, then I know there's the Scottish circuit. A lot of people assume that Scotland and the North would be, they're two completely different circuits. Yeah. Because you've got Newcastle gone.
1: Midlands circuit isn't a thing, but it's actually, before lockdown, it was actually growing and getting quite big. Yeah, and there's like loads of little clubs popping up here and there you know you've got your spiky mics and you you know you've got your classics you' got your just your tonics uh your spiky mic gigs and stuff like that and those though but like there was loads of gigs popping up and before because I, I had a bit of a break from comedy for about four or five years where I wasn't gigging regularly and uh, yeah. I
0: thought yeah because I only found out stuff relate really, like I tried googling you to see Mm. some comedy videos yeah, and there is a lovely video of you teaching how to cook Chinese stir-fry. Oh, I believe, maybe I'm being stereo, no, I don't know if I'm being, you know, Arab privilege and typecasting it, you might have been Thai, might have been...
1: Yeah, I think it was a chicken stir-fry. It was a a chicken 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 stir-fry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that didn't go viral. That was just like... Me just cooking stuff. Um, but there I have got my first ever gig on YouTube, but it's private, and nobody's ever going to see it. So my first gig was with um, Paul Corenza. You know Paul Corenza.
0: Paul Corenza. As Paul in, Carenza. in 2006 or seven, did a show at the Fringe called Back to the Futon?
1: That's the guy, that's the guy, Paul
0: Carenza. Yeah, so it was with him. Max Starr. <laughs> <laughs> you are in company of, yes, uh, yes Jojo I and that. I spoke about Max Starr. Who else did I talk to Max Starr about? Dude, I have to, I hate to interrupt, but I I told this to Jojo in episode three, and I'll tell you, I was at the Fringe in 2014 with a colleague from Egypt. We brought a show over to the Fringe that year, Falafel, Hummus, and Baba It was supposed to be three of us comedians, but one chickened out at the last minute. Anyway, we're sitting at a cafe, and this guy with an and I'm not being racist, it's just like, I didn't want to... He yeah. had a very interesting accent, he just suddenly goes... Is that Mac? Please, no, no, hat. no, 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 not Mac, but he just suddenly, yeah. this guy, the waiter, he comes over and he goes, are you safe and are you a comedian? And I was like, yeah, how do you, and he was like, do you know Mac Starr? Yes. <laughs> and then he just, no, he used to, he talked about you a lot and I was just like thinking, that is some sick because, like, the last time I saw Max Star face to face was like 2006, maybe oh, 2007.
1: Yeah, he so you must he... have made a, a mark, you know, if he remembers you back in 2014.
0: Well, the, this guy, this waiter, didn't know was me he Egyptian as well. No, 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 no. I, I thought mean.
1: it was going to be one of those things where they, they make an Egyptian and they go, Oh, gee. G- and Matt probably went, oh, you're Egyptian.
0: Yeah, well, that's the well, thing. You're foreign. He... You yeah, know yeah, Because yeah, no, like you you... we all know each other. Yeah, like, like, are you that Egyptian guy that Max Starr? Because I'm guessing Ederman must be, like, the smallest village community yeah. of, out of the Scottish cities.
1: So Max Starr was one of these people. When I first met him, I thought, oh, he's all right. he's all right. Seems a nice chap. And then I got to know him, and it, he still seemed a nice chap, but absolute idiot. <laughs> it was. If you're watching Matt, hope the Jimi um,
0: tribute band's going well. Have you seen that video? I've not seen the video. Uh, I've he- heard. I've I've seen the last two items of like like what I remember is I remember him showing me a picture of his at that time wife. And they dressed as Batman and Batgirl, and there's a picture of him on top of a phone box doing a Batman pose. I remember the other piece of information that's coming from the Rolodex in my memory banks, Mm -hmm. accessing Mac Star, Star, Mac, Tasmanian, (laughs) you know, like... (laughs) Claims to have been married to a princess. Allegedly married to a princess. Had cancer. Removed the testicle. Has a ping pong ball in its Was place. The only
1: white member of his black family as
0: well. Don't forget that one. Oh uh, yes, of course. How can I forget? Let's just say, maybe he has type two Munchausen syndrome.
1: I, I think I do believe. I do think these people who good
0: manage, heart.
1: I, yeah i do think that he actually there's something mentally wrong with him mac get help if you ever watch this please get get help don't get into well, contact please don't get in contact get help
0: uh just to clarify because you, there was some confusion I, I thought you like understood because like the podcast goes out as an audio and like but i do the recordings via zoom and every now and then if there's like a lovely nugget like this, <laughs> where we mentioned Max Star, that might get like chopped up and put onto YouTube, and then tunnel the funnel the people listeners from YouTube into the Spotify. No
1: problem. You should have like a Max Star count.
0: <laughs> so every every time Max
1: gets mentioned,
0: every sorry. time Max Star gets mentioned, I take a yeah, sip take, of coffee. Take a
1: take
0: a sip of coffee, yeah.
1: Um, so there was Max Starr, who else was there. Um, do you remember your
0: first ever gig? Of course I do. do
1: you, was it an, a, 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 an Egyptian gig, was
0: it? No, my first gig was in London in 2002 in Wimbledon at a pub oh. called The Spotted Horse, if I, or no, oh. The Watershed. And it was run by the compare at the time was PJ. But he had he has i learned recently a different stage name i think from gareth berliner told me his
1: oh gareth i'm good with gareth yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, i started around the same time as gareth like me gareth uh, like i remember at the time it was me gareth robin cousins pete jonas Eric, like we were all started around uh, patrick mm. monaghan we all started around the same time and um pj was this guy that ran a comedy gig where I just like, by chance, I was in the front row of the audience and the comedian that was on was picking on me. And I was funnier than him. And it ended with me saying to him, don't give up the day job. Oh, dear. oh he yeah, oh yeah. When, you, when you tell, that? that that's like the ultimate, you know, go fuck your mother, to, when you tell a comedian. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, you, hey. this is your living? You do this for a living?
1: oh you didn't you see and you seem such a nice
0: young man who me yeah. i'm the nicest man you'll ever meet um, but if you get so on my bad. wrong side was it, it really bad was it really bad comedy though? Was it, he was uh, an a atro- no look there's there's two types of comedians hmm. essentially yeah prepared and wannabe slash super fan slash never prepared slash they just know people get to know people Mm -hmm. so it's basically workers and grifters in comedy. you know they're the ones that put in the work put in the effort they write the gags they go to the open mics they try to put out content they uh they network when they have to network they do what they have to do preferably not sexually Uh, (laughs) you know whereas you've got these super fans and it was very it was beautifully explained to me by um Martin Moore, he was the one who explained it to me, is that there's basically, there's creators
1: Mm.
0: and super fans, that they're not really comedians,
1: yeah,
0: but they're just sort of, you could say that they're in it for for wanting to say that they do it or, you know. They like the
1: thought of being a comedian.
0: They like the thought of seeing themselves as a stand-up comedian, but You know I mean like it's a very funny industry to get into Mm. and it's not like singing it's not like singing it's not like theater it's not like ballet or dance. I mean like in dance you gotta have the body, the health, the shape, the physique, ballet you gotta be able to stand on your toes on end, singing you can't be a smoker you can't be out of shape you gotta have a good voice.
1: A stand-up is. Uh, what kind of person, right, like, turns around and goes, "Do you know what? I'm funny. I'm going to stand in front of a bunch of people and make them laugh because I am funny." That's mental in it. That's crazy in it. Who, 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 who does that? Mental people. That's who does it. Crazy people.
0: I, it, it also. I think it also comes down to that because like Izzy spoke about the bonding in laughter in her TED talk Mm. which led for my I brought it up in our episode and there is an element in our society overall that we do need comedy as a foundation as a sort of an outlet because it's through humor and through levity that we are able to cope. Mm. And I think, like on a different tangent, but like relating to this, I don't know if you've ever read the book Shogun, by no. James Clavel. No. Now James Clavell is an interesting chap, he's a native of Portsmouth, he was in the British Navy, he was in a ship that got sunk by the Japanese, got captured yep. by the Japanese, and he spent a bit of time at Changi Prison, uh, C-H-A-N- that, sounds like,
1: that sounds made up. No, no, no.
0: C H A N G I. That sounds no, like no, a made,
1: no. C- like made up the racist. Uh,
0: no, 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 no. It's it's in the in foreword York. of his uh, of one yeah. of his books. Um, is
1: Shogun the one that was uh, made into maybe, a miniseries with, with Richard, Richard Chamberlain? In, uh, yes. There. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Now, what's a fun fact about James Clavell is that he is also the guy behind writing the screenplay of a British classic film that we all know and love, The Great Escape.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know okay. one. And he wrote a, no- a bunch of other books, like he wrote Noble House, King Rat, Taipan. But mm-hmm. Shogun is set in feudal 17th, 16th century Japan, just at the time when the English and the Dutch tried going via the Cape of Magellan to Japan, and the conquistadors, the Spanish and the Portuguese, are in trade and have a presence in Japan and yeah. obviously you know the people who have the present it's it's a very very interesting I highly recommend it yeah I yeah, haven't yeah. read it it's a great read if you're looking for, for me well if you're looking for best way I could describe it it's Lord of the Rings for grown-ups oh, okay and it's got ninjas
1: yeah oh that's good well I'll say I tried to read Lord I've never read Lord of the Rings I tried really? to read no, i tried to read it and I read up to 11 to 12th birthday party and then I put the book down. I can't be bothered.
0: Funnily enough, I was at a school. The I films. was at a
1: right. Love them.
0: Love well, them. yeah, no, the films are phenomenal. You know, yeah. you yeah. shall not pass. You know, no, a... can't help. You the precious, we spice on the precious. Got it, got it. Um, when I saw the first movie, like I went to a school where everybody at school was reading that, Mm -hmm. like in the 80s, like I remember seeing a lot of kids were reading The Hobbit and Lord Mm -hmm. of the Rings in my school, but I didn't read it at school. And then when I saw the first The Fellowship of the Ring, (laughs) I picked up a copy while I was at university and the goal was to try and finish reading it before at least the two towers and then the two towers came out i was still reading it's, yeah. it's quite a hefty book and when you're at university you can't yeah,
1: sure.
0: really just sit and read lord of the rings everyone's reading their midterms and i'm reading no i can't do that but i did manage to finish it before return of the king yeah. and it's very nicely written and mm-hmm. it's a good read but it is, I mean, like, I definitely like if people were asking me at the beginning of lockdown March 2020, like, book to recommend War and Peace, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, and Shogun three yeah. great long books that will keep you very entertained because books are great for doing that. Yeah. Um, but what was our point of oh, yes, yeah, Shogun. Shogun. So, there's this part where in the book he talks about the element of, like there's this scene where an earthquake happens and mm. people die and you know chaos ensues and then all of a sudden afterwards the female like the character that's been that, that is the romantic interest you could say of John Blackthorne Richard Chamberlain's character is yeah. that she starts to laugh and the other like all the samurai they start to laugh after the earthquake and yeah. John Blackthorn is like why are you all laughing you know we almost just died and then they were like we live in Japan this is the land of the gods we live with earthquakes, typhoons, tsunamis you know death is but a breath away so you know if you can survive death you sort of celebrate it with laughter so mm-hmm. It comes back to what I was saying, like in terms of comedy. Like, I think comedy is one of those essential building blocks of dealing mm. with the world that we live in. Yeah. Especially the world we live in today.
1: Yeah. And well, I think that's, that's one of the reasons, like, when I'm doing my comedy now, it's like my mum is a beautiful, lovely lady, right? Like, but sometimes she can, like, be beautifully harsh. She says the harshest things ever. And before comedy, I used to get really upset about it and be like, oh, I can't believe she said that. But now I love it. I think it's funny. Like the other day, I showed her a picture of me when I was younger. Yeah. And she, she said, oh, oh, you were quite handsome back then. I said, am I not handsome now? And she went, no, you are average. <laughs> You're average. You're average. So, yeah, I'm average. So, but that's that's the brain thing. It's, it's such a. Good thing Your mother my... is
0: Chinese, correct? Yes, Chinese. Yeah, uh, she's born in Ma-
1: Macau. Macau. So she's from Macau, which makes me half a cow. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, so she's. <laughs> so she, yeah, my mum's from Macau, and uh, she moved to Hong Kong when she was in a, I think about twenty. Right. And then she met my dad. He was in the army stationed over there, and then they moved back moved all over the place and uh, ended up in the Midlands. Yay! <laughs>
0: <coughs> from communist China to the Midlands.
1: Yeah, 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 it's crazy. But no, it's good. It's good. And uh, yeah, yeah, she lived here for ages, ages.
0: Because, like, you always see the stereotype of mothers from China or from, Indi- from the Asian continent. Mm-hmm. But also, I could say, it's not just it's pretty much most mothers are always that like you know we want the best for our children regardless of where they are in the world but and i say but not in a racist way but like but it's my it's my understanding that mothers from asia tend to be very strict well yeah strict in terms of like you know performance and like you know expectations
1: I think with my with my mum, she just let me get on with it. You know, like, she was working away. She'd be, like, working takeaways and restaurants and, like, providing for the family. And, like, my dad would be at home looking after me. And then, what was it? And then she'd just crack on with it and stuff. And uh, so dad was in charge, really. And dad, dad wasn't fine about it. do you know what I mean? Do whatever, go and do whatever you want sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, she, I never had that. But they, I think they call it Tiger Mums or something. Is it Tiger Mums?
0: Tiger like Mums.
1: Yeah, never had any of that. So, which is good. And she never expected us to go to like university or anything or become doctors and that kind of stuff because none of them, my sisters didn't become doctors, but they're very successful, strong, independent women. Right. And uh, what was it, I'm doing all right? you know what i mean so I, I live with my i'm doing a house share at the moment with my mom but you know that's uh, that's
0: all. uh you know there's uh, honestly look there's for some odd reason there seems to be this weird i think it started from that show um sorry is, that, is it sorry the one where the called. guy's name is the guy the guy's girl's name mm-hmm. is betty
1: oh you're talking about betty Frank Spencer.
0: Frank Spencer
1: yeah but there's also a show with uh, Ronnie Corbett where he's like this 40
0: year old man and he lives with his mum and dad and it's like I language, get, Timothy I always forget which one is Ronnie Corbett is he the tall one or the short Ronnie one
1: Ronnie Barker
0: is the older one with the white hair the one who was and in Ronnie porridge Corbett is
1: the oh and I said to the producer uh, that guy
0: the little one the little one the other one is the one who was in porridge. Ronnie Barker yeah. was in Porridge. Barker
1: was in Porridge, open all hours. Oh, what else is <laughs> Open all
0: hours with uh, David Jason as, yeah, with the, David
1: uh, as the. Arkwright. Now, what was his name? Granville. Granville. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know why, why have we ended up talking about those two. Yes. So, yeah, there was a TV show called Ronnie uh, Sorry, which was all about living with, with his mum and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't, to tell you the truth, Timed it just right, because thing is, if I, I used to live in a... Did I just make my Siri say something then? I don't know. Sorry. Rewind. So I just timed it right, because the whole... So I moved back in my mum, and then all of a sudden, like, this COVID stuff happened. Yeah. And to be honest, if I was living on my own in this flat that I lived in, you know, just being on my own three stories up, you know, I would have just gone crazy but you know I, you know at the start it was hard work but you know it's brilliant now you know get all the chinese free to want
0: chris uh, you know like if you've if you get the chance to listen to the episodes like i have mentioned my my, my late mother in a few episodes mm-hmm. in a sort of way that doesn't make listeners go oh here he goes again yeah, yeah. you know but like um, believe me it, I could say that there is nothing finer about being able to live with one's mother to the mature age. It's just, it's this Western, I don't want to say it's a Western thing about leaving the nest, because like if you go back to the Mediterranean, if you go back to a lot of other cultures, Hmm. you know, you'll find sometimes three, four, five generations living in one household. Um... You know, there'd be like the yeah, grandparents, sure. the great-grandparents. The... I think it was even in Allo Allo, you had like Rene and her, Rene and his uh, oh, yeah. wife and his mother-in-law yeah. was upstairs. But that's the thing in comedy. And I remember once my mother pointed it out around the time that my brother got married <laughs> to a woman that at the beginning she was not approving of. So there is this element where women get more sensitive to that stereotype of the dragon mother-in-law, the the in-law, the mother-in-law, yeah, yeah. the mom-in-law. Mothers generally they tend to be demonized, like you know a lot of sitcoms are always like, "Don't yeah. listen to your mother. Your mother's crazy." You know, your your father's the one who knows everything, and then it's usually the complete other way around in the sense that like you know that's the father that's saying that, but it's usually the Homer Simpsons that say that about their mm. the, the matriarch of the house.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like with, with my mum, like, mm-hmm. I can joke and say anything about her and I can laugh about it. But if anybody else
0: was to say anything about her... Of course, those fighting words. Yeah. Those fighting words. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's like we go, oh, my mom's been a bit of a pain in the ass today, and they'll go, oh, yeah, she is a bit of a pain in the ass. Whoa, 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 Whoa,
0: where are you going right there? It, that, yeah, that, that's exactly. not for you to say, that's for me to say, exactly. exactly. Yeah, no, no, I, I, can, I can relate to that 100%. Uh, there's like one friend of mine in particular, there, the amount of times, like, if I had a, a fight, he lives around the mm. corner here yeah. in Egypt. And if I had an argument or a row with my mum that day, and I go over and he was like, oh, you had an argument with your mum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, your mother's being thrown away. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you just can't do it. It's not right. It's
1: not right. You know, slow down. And Again, fighting so, words. I'm trying to think who else I did a gig with, because we were talking, talking about that. Who else was there? There was a guy called Uncle Jeffrey. Uncle Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey from uh, Midlands, the Midlands. <coughs> Basically, I'd never, obviously, first time I've ever performed. I've been to watch a bit of comedy and stuff like that. And this guy, called, I forgot his name. His name's Jeffrey, Jeffrey something. or other. I can't remember his name. But anyway, he started. He's like this old guy, <coughs> probably about fifty, late fifties. Uh, Balding, looked a bit like Paul Daniels with no obviously no hair and he came on stage and he started doing this thing about you know if you if you masturbate right you can get rid of uh, it helps you uh, get rid of uh, prostate cancer eventually getting prostate cancer you know so what they should do is make it compulsory in schools it's like hello johnny have you done your wanking today no sir well start doing it now and it's like it was like at first it was like a funny premise and just went oh that's quite amusing <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Years back, you're thinking, huh, he must have been at the Jimmy Savile school of yeah. writing comedy. And he, was,
1: he was like acting it out and going, oh, if you don't give it a little a bit of a pull. And like, I was just like, oh, my God, what is this? But he, oh, he, he wronged me, say. He wronged me.
0: He wronged oh. you to tell.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's basically what it was. When I first started contemplating on wanting to do comedy, uh, basically I'd just split up with my, my son's mum and uh, and she, she was always one of these people who'd go I'd say I'd love to do stand-up comedy and she'd be like well oh, you can do that you can do that you know one of those types yeah yeah I know what you mean and then as soon as we split up it was like I was on Google I think I wasn't no I wasn't like even on Google I, I think I asked Jeeves that's how long ago it was
0: you asked Jeeves should I, asked, I be a comedian <laughs> yeah how do I become a comedian <laughs> And I, I, I'm sorry I just like I had the image of Jeeves should I be Alexa should I be a stand-up comedian he will make less money than a hooker and low <laughs> tide thank <laughs> yeah. you Alexa so well, you asked, will be requiring some wanton ads
1: <laughs> so, so I asked I asked Jeeves and Jeeves went oh, hello sir well what you should do is you should go on Chawful forums uh, no way yeah, so I went on, I went on the uh, Chortle forums and uh, I was saying, oh, how should I get into comedy? And some people said, oh, we should go on a comedy course. So I, I looked into going on a comedy course and this Jeffrey turned around to me and said, oh, yeah, come to my comedy course in Stratford-upon-Avon. <laughs> oh, very good. Must be good. Stratford-upon-Avon, where that William Shakespeare was at. And
0: uh even I went there for a field trip It was the most boring, ghastly place <laughs> yeah. ever.
1: Oh, bless. Did you I went on one and ended up in McDonald's? Yeah, brilliant, loved it. Had a yeah. cheeseburger. But um, so he said to me, so I wrote to him, and I said, Oh, when's the course happening? And yeah, you know, he's like, Yeah, yeah, come, to, come on course and stuff. And then he wrote back to me saying, Oh, the course has been cancelled. He goes, uh you know, we won't be doing it, but I recommend you going to Bristol to see Marek Trabadi. You know Trabaddy? You
0: the know name yeah. doesn't ring a bell, but Marrick
1: lovely guy. He did a course, It was called, I think it was called Virgin Mirth or something like that. So I went sure. down there and it was just me, another lad, and Marek and his girlfriend, and we, we went through all this material and he videotaped us and we were supposed to do a gig, but we never end up doing a gig. But, you know, I ended up, uh, yeah. But then I found, so basically, so I live in the Midlands. I travelled to Bristol, which is about two, two hours away from me, quite a bit of a jaunt. And uh, I found out later on that there's this guy called James Cook. Do you know James? James Cook?
0: Again, this name does ring a bell.
1: Yeah, he's okay. he's really poor. He, he's Midlands based. He, he does board game Smackdown. Just for
0: just for the Middle Eastern and non-British listeners, in mm-hmm. case they're wondering, Midlands. This sounds like Middle Earth. If we were to like look at the map of Britain, which mm. area is the Midlands situated around? I'd say the middle. Yeah, no, but like, which is the nearest major city? Uh, Birmingham. Birmingham is in the middle of Britain. I always thought had this image of Birmingham being. Like, yeah, more north. No, Lake. no, like middle, middle. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, so, so, you got so like around Birmingham, Birmingham area,
1: gotcha. All right, yeah, with so you. then you've got like the black country as well, which is with no, no black people. There was no, no there was, it's like, yeah, but anyway, this there's, let's so there's that as well. So you've got black country, and you've got Birmingham. And they've got your Nottingham's and all that sort of stuff and your Leicester's. So where the
0: Robin like where Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. All so, that and King Arthur anyway, and Fairies. So this
1: Jeffrey had sent yeah. me to all the way to Bristol, which is down south. On southwest.
0: the southern coast, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: They sent me all the way down there. And I found out there was this course that James Cook ran with uh, uh, Janice Connolly. Do you know Barbara my you
0: know What's we'll that name a I suppose? Janice, Janice
1: Connolly. She's been on Britain's Got Talent. She's lovely. She's, like, she's been on uh, Britain's Got Talent. She's been in Phoenix Knights as she plays Holy Mary. Okay. Yeah. All right. I so think nice I know person. who you're talking about. Listen, she's at Holy Mary. Um, but yeah, they ran a course which is just down the road from us. But because he, Jeffrey, didn't get on with James, I got sent all that way. So I'm bringing up beef. I'm bringing up other people's beef, man.
0: There's beef in the comedy. Like, there's more beef in the comedy industry than in a slaughterhouse in the middle of America. Yeah, oh, God.
1: But the thing is, it's like now that we're in lockdown and stuff like this.
0: The beef is on Facebook.
1: Yeah, we can call it all out, can't we?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've seen. I've nobody's seen. bothered
1: about the gigs. Oh, I'm not going to get a gig with them anyway. So fuck
0: them. Can I swear? <laughs> I'm it? doing my own online thing. Yeah, doing, come no. my own.
1: Yeah, come do my book. I'll come to, illustrate my book for like
0: uh, <laughs> for <profit>. followers. <laughs> yeah. He may as well. Oh. Be, uh, in case listeners are not sure, what the, there was an incident where a comedian approached chris who as i said before is uh, like i first got turned on to your art when you started doing the breaking bad walter white prince you were doing these incredible pictures of walter white yeah yeah so i knew of i knew of chris's artwork from then this Mm. is like 2016 2017 and then in 2020 in lockdown this comedian approaches chris in a forum, I think, or not even privately, but just like on a post, asking him if he'll illustrate a children's book for half the future profits.
1: Yeah, it was I a private. It was,
0: message, that was. it was a private message. It was a private message.
1: Yeah,
0: Chris politely declined, firmly but politely declined. Not in the sense, you're off your fucking tits. Nothing like that. Yeah. Along the lines of, you really, it's not that fair to ask people in the creative industry to do something for free at a time when we're all tightening our belts Mm. globally. Like the equator is making the the Earth a figure eight right now. That's how tight (laughs) the whole world has become. And then when Chris declined politely, that's when Katie... uh, I was about to drop his name. (laughs) That's
1: That's where (laughs) comedian Bunny Rabbit is. (laughs) That's no. where
0: the super fan then no. decided to go public and call Chris out on being what was it, tight?
1: Yeah, he was saying uh, oh, what do you say now? He said, it's none of your business. You declined it. It's none of your business. Who made you the king of the artist? Uh, what else do you say? If people want to do it for free, they can do it for free. And all this sort of stuff. And I just walked myself. What
0: a twat. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was, uh, and then he wanted to get him on a YouTube podcast.
1: Also, that's what it, what it was as well. I did a bit, an apology video, which was just like full of sarcasm. So I've seen these YouTubers when they make apology videos, they're like, <sighs> I'm really sorry. I just want to say that I've had a lapse of judgment and da-da-da, uh, so I did this video about, you know, I, I'm really sorry that so-and-so wanted me to work for free, but I, I, I don't to go it. and I did all this, and then he wanted me to do, do a podcast with him,
0: yeah.
1: to hatch it out, and I was like, no, and then he sort of tried to goad me, Is the word goad? Yeah, goad me by doing goad a, you? a poem, goad me, yeah. he did a poem about me, Christmas he poem. He goaded you with, with prose yes and it was really cringy but I, his, <laughs> his mum basically turned around and said oh stop this now and I thought to myself well if his mum's <laughs> to stop I'm gonna stop because like, I've got okay. respect for his mum Like you so said to the, me you said that you said the
0: I posted the gif I post when I saw hmm. your video I posted the gif from South Park, when the when BP were drilling into double penetrating the earth, and I posted the gif of him saying "I'm sorry," you know, in all the different yeah. the clip to all the different poses when he's like naked yeah. on a t- picnic towel. But,
1: but basically, I just ignored it. After I just ignored it, I, just, I didn't want to delve into it. And I thought, no, nah, no. Nah. And the thing is, I he, he I think he thought that he was going to get clapped is it they call it clout from it or something and uh it, I, I kept joking about i'm sure your 35 list viewers on youtube or you know like to hear us beef it out and stuff and uh i went back uh, the other day i actually checked his um youtube to see how many subscribers he gained from all this online beef and it's gone up to uh 37. he got one whole new follower So, fair play to
0: him, fair
1: play. So, fair play to him. So, yeah, so there you go. Artists working
0: for free. What's that word in history? Is it pharic, pharic, victory? There's this, it's named after this general, a Greek general, Hmm. who lost, but sort of won, but won the battle, but with heavy losses.
1: Yeah.
0: And no gains, so it became or it might have been in the, it might have been Roman or Greek, I think it's Roman, General Ferris, uh, it was like this, I'll have to Google it later on Yeah, yeah. what's
1: going to happen now is say we'll Google that and then he'll put a little clip of him telling you the actual fact
0: no, because I'm getting flashbacks (laughs) of when I used to teach it in in history, but uh, no, I just, uh, it's, it, it just It baffles me how so many comedians we're supposed to bring people joy. (laughs) I'm not saying we're like the Uh, Santa Claus of mm. the creative world, you know, like we bring joy. We know who's naughty, who's nice. If they're naughty, they they get dealt with as a heckler. And if they're nice, well, then they get laughter.
1: So, what gets me about comedy is like when people are like, uh, let's say, let's say there's a really famous comedian called uh, Billy, Billy Billy Beatles. Connolly. Billy Beatles. Yeah, they're calling Billy Beatles. Right, he's a famous comedian, and then you'll get like a member of the public going, "Do you know something? I hate Billy Beatles. I really hate him." And I think to myself, "How can you hate a comedian? That do you know what I mean? Somebody yeah, how who, can you hate someone? Yeah, somebody who brings joy and laughter to millions of people, and then they just somebody just turns around." I hate him. I just can't stand it. Oh, he's not funny. He's not. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, just really irritates me.
0: It's funny you could say, because uh, like I actually have an interesting comedy work related anecdote. Mm. Slash, like when I was still starting out at the beginning of my comedy career, mm. I used to DJ at the Comedy Tree in London for Pete Jonas and Eric McElroy. And one of the comedians they had on that night, that there was this one night in particular, was Russell Brand. Yeah. And at that time, it was when he was doing that show on Channel 4, you know, Big Brother's Little Brother.
1: brother, brother,
0: Right, exactly. And. Sorry,
1: can I just uh, turn this iPad off because it keeps beeping in the background? Yes,
0: sure, no do I, I don't want to, speak to it, Sorry, it's okay. The joys of editing.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: there we go. It's a sh- sh- shame that I might might edit, might keep this. Who knows? There
1: you go. Sorry about that. Oh, and there
0: goes the. the Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And there it (laughs) is the video blooper. The The (laughs) blooper for the video channel when everything that might go wrong could go wrong, might not go wrong. For example, episode 13 (laughs) Quick, hide the slaughter room.
1: There you go. Okay, so there might be some continuity.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Hi the dead hooker. Um, sorry. <laughs> so like, Sex this is, worker.
1: Sex this is, worker. is quite funny actually. So um, click.
0: There yeah, it go. was sort of like, what the hell just happened? Be like, Use yeah, Use that
1: as an edit. Safe, is it okay if I just get rid of this black background? There you
0: go. <laughs> this grey background is a bit too institutional. Here we go. Yeah. Bachelor. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I Russell
1: Brand was doing this.
0: He was hosting that show Big Brother, Little Brother. And at that time when I was at university, still at the beginning of my comedy career, I kind of looked down at what Russell Brand was doing then. In you know, in relation to because I was very you know, there's two types of people those who love Big Brother and those who hate Big Brother. Mm. I hated Big Brother. I still hate Big Brother. There's never been a time when I've thought, you know what, I can't wait till I go, you know, I even had material. to be like, you know, I'd love to see geriatric Big Brother. It'd be like day 45 in the Big Brother household. Vera's falling over. Help, help, I've fallen over and I can't get up. As usual, Big Brother producers are not able to Mm -hmm. get in, so it's up to the tenants (laughs) to help out Vera from the shower. Unfortunately, they're all geriatric.
1: Do you know what they should have done? The, the Big Brother one, you know the Big Brother one, the first one they ever did. Yeah. They should have just kept those people in that house till
0: just <laughs> kept <laughs> just kept them in,
1: kept them in he, there on an island. No, just kept no, just kept them in there, and just like it would have been more interesting than having all these various seasons of Big Brother if they would had kept the first people in there that till 2020. Like then let them out when they, by the way, there's a there's a pandemic going on.
0: Fucking hell, yeah. man! fucking hell. <laughs> this corona, I never knew a beer was gonna kill people.
1: Exactly. So yeah. Um, yeah, so Russell Brand, so you had
0: I, I didn't I didn't approve and I approached him and I even said to him face to face, you know, like I even said to him something along the lines of, you know, I just don't understand how you can endorse that, you know. And then the funniest thing happened, he performed, like after yeah. that little, yeah. doc, and I'd wished, i wished, yeah, and I kind of wished I hadn't said what I'd said. Yeah. And I kind of wished I hadn't, you know, been made made myself sound like, yeah. looking back, I was a pompous dick to him. And, you know, <clears> and like, honestly, I've seen so many of his specials since, He's an incredibly funny person. Oh god, Love... yeah, he's
1: amazing. I, I, I saw him years ago, and the thing is, I've got that mentality of like, if I saw him on Big Brother, I wouldn't go. Oh god, he's doing Big Brother. I just think, oh, he's going to pay the bills.
0: Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't look at it. For but like, like, you don't. Younger, you've, got Hicks, you've got that Bill Hicks.
1: You've got that Bill Hicks. You've watched too much Bill Hicks, and he's
0: going.
1: Uh, uh, Play from your fucking heart.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I am available thinking, for children's parties. Yeah,
1: you're not thinking,
0: oh, you know, he's trying
1: to pay bills. He's got, a, he's got a flat in London or whatever. You're thinking Bill Hicks, which is fair enough. And like, you know, back in the day, you know, it's, you know, yeah, but now you've got to make that money, you? Would you do an advert, say, if somebody said to you, I want you to be the face of Pop Noodle? I'm not saying that's really bad. <laughs> I don't know why that just automatically pops into my head.
0: <laughs> I can say that they would pick better people because I'm not a big fan of all their flavors. But thank yeah. you for that stereotype of yeah. fatism. Yeah. Falafel, On the next noodle. episode, body shaming.
1: <laughs> okay, so pot noodle turn around They say, "Say we, we want to give you X amount of money to do an advert. We want you to be really funny. You're, we've got this new falafel flavor. Come out.
0: <laughs> oh <you."> God, falafel." <laughs> super rude we want you that's horrible <laughs> that's a horror. like e- 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 ew just no
1: ew. <laughs> <Falafel> ew. <laughs> and this uh, sticky almond cake
0: falafel stuff. and falafel and halloumi pot noodle yeah.
1: what's that cheese called again what's it called which one halloumi hello you No,
0: no, it's Uh, it's okay, it's right up there with this Arabic joke which is um, the question is which means what is coconut in English. So when the person says coconut, you would say to them which means basically because the word nut means jump as well. Oh, okay. So if you're saying to them the the sentence Koko nut basically means Coco jumped out the window. Oh, okay. And then the follow-up joke to that would be El which means the opposite and they will what? And you'll say Koko which means Coco didn't jump.
1: Um, do you know something? why I found out, I'm talking about jokes, old jokes. Old I jokes. found out the other day you know, what, jokes. You know, why did the chicken cross the road?
0: Because Her Segway was out of or- battery. No, no, the, the original one is to get to the other side. Yeah, you no, know, I know
1: it's a suicide joke,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a suicide joke, isn't it?
0: Why did the halal chicken cross the road? I don't know why. Jihad,
1: <laughs> no, but it's, 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 I found out that that chicken crossed the road joke is a suicide joke.
0: It's an indirect suicide, that's yeah, why some dark, that's some dark get philosophy. Yeah, let's
1: get anyway, would you take the money for this funny advert for Pop for, Noodle Day, okay? or would you go Bill Hicks and go, no, can't do it?
0: Honestly, you know, the real world, like, if it was something, honestly, if it was a product I could endorse and I use, hmm. then yeah. But example, if Exxon What's approached that? me, Exxon Gas or if British oh, yes, Petroleum, if yes, British yes, Petroleum or Shell, yeah. any mm. of the companies responsible mm. for the war in Iraq, yeah, came yeah. to me a half Iraqi with Kurdish heritage, yeah. and asked me, Safe, would you do this funny advert for BP recruitment video? I'll tell them. Yeah. First off, how much does it pay? Yeah, yeah. And then, whatever they told me, I'd tell them, fuck off.
1: That's, that's, that's honorable.
0: Because, like, there's a film my mother blessed me with seeing many, many years ago with, oh, God, I used, Paul Schofield is the name of the actor. And the film Paul is called, Man- Pat, Pat. I mean, well, Pat. no, the, fil- the film, is, it, is Paul Schofield the father of Philip Schofield? Really? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the film. Not, it's from, oh shit!
1: I am so rubbish. I should have kept that going. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Paul Schofield did this film. I think it was nineteen sixty 1960 or nineteen sixty-two or sixty-three, and it's called A Man for All Seasons. Hmm. And it's about Thomas More and Henry the Eighth and, um. I think the name of the actor is the one who was uh, had the f- chest burster in Alien. is oh, John, John Hurt. John Hurt. He plays a corrupt, you know, wanting to get money from because, like Henry VIII wants to have a divorce, and yeah. Thomas More, he is a voice for the Church of England at that time, yeah, you yeah. know, and he believes in the Catholic Church, the doctrines that divorce is forbidden. Yeah. And obviously, we all know history that Henry couldn't wait for the Catholic Church to amend the law. So, you know, court case ensued. And there's this moment in the scene, very powerful scene, where the guy, John Hurt, walks up to him, starts asking him questions. And Paul Schofield and that's, simply, that's there's this, you know how in the, the Tudor times, hmm. up until present, like a mayor would be given a chain of his office that he wears around and yeah. even in Tudor times like Essex, the Earl of Essex would have his title on a chain, like, you know, so John Hurt has got the medallion that basically allows him to be in charge of Wales, okay. the country of Wales. No, no, like, you know, humpback and killer are his domain, <laughs> but sperm he's not allowed to touch. Yeah. Um, so basically, Paul Schofield raises the medallion off his chest, and he just hmm. says to him, you sold your soul for whales. You know, yeah, and it's yeah. that powerful moment of like, you put a price mark on your integrity, yeah, you put yeah. a price mark on what you're supposed to believe in, but yeah. because a man gave you a bigger bribery, you went for that. Uh, yeah. So but I understood, same. say again? But say. Yes, but Chris.
1: Would, would you do it with
0: Pot Noodle? Well, you see, that's the thing. I love Pot Noodle. I've the had world. Pot Noodle. Dollar, dollar, I've dollar, had dollar, pot, but, but, but with Pot Noodle, I would probably, with Pot Noodle, I could see myself, but then again, you you know, it's like Johnny Vegas, poor guy, you know, Johnny Vegas, monkey, you know, he got it for years. People just saw him uh, and like, and they never took the genius, the comedic genius that was behind Johnny Vegas. And we could all see that moment of him shack, you know, breaking off the shackles of this typecasting. There was this, I think it was on ITV, there was these awards ceremony that Jonathan, was, Jonathan Ross was hosting yeah, yeah. and to present the award was Johnny Vegas. And Johnny Vegas, and it was live. So Johnny Vegas took an advantage of that moment to capitalize and give a huge fuck you to the entire British public that typecast him as that fat guy with the monkey for the insurance. Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was because there was a guy that was getting an award for best newcomer comedian or something like that and like everybody on the stage just couldn't say anything they knew he was right they were laughing and there were parts when like you know even Jonathan Ross is trying to grab the microphone from Johnny Vegas he's fighting them all it's a brilliant moment and then at the very key moment when he's just trying to say his like I'd like to thank him, like Johnny Vegas you can hear him off the side just go enjoy the moment like coca-cola oh yeah, love him
1: have you seen that? are you ready for ice cream
0: what's no. that oh, I think God. I know of it but I haven't oh, seen it no it's
1: Johnny Vegas it's uh, become very popular and he's basically what he's basically saying is when you you're a comedian and you become too popular and make lots of money. Is what you're saying on stage relevant and to the people. So, you know, so he's there going, oh, you, well, you know what it's like when you get, get to your job and you have to drive first class or whatever and your driver doesn't turn up on time. They were just like staring at him going, that's not relatable, that's not relatable. So this guy grabs him, right, and takes him up to Edinburgh. And he has to do shows to, like, three people. (laughs) And it's absolutely brilliant. Honestly, if you... if uh, The listeners out there, it's called Are You Ready for Ice Cream? It's Johnny Vegas. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant film. It's a film. Yeah, it's a film. It's not a TV series, it's a film. Oh, I definitely want to see that. And he has to do, like... He does, like, uh, The Stand. And he's having, like, these little mental breakdowns. He's got a flat... And he's living with this guy who's just constantly telling him jokes that he's thought of. Oh, it's brilliant. You've got to watch it.
0: Have you seen that film with Robert De Niro, Danny DeVito, Harvey Keitel, The Comedian? came out quite recently, like around 2016.
1: No, I haven't. I don't think I haven't. You You
0: have to see that film because Robert De Niro, (laughs) he's a method actor and Mm. he... He portrays the perfect, what we're talking about right now, which is where he's this comedian that he had a sitcom show in the seventies that had a yeah. catchphrase. And the show, the sitcom was called Eddie's Home. <laughs> yeah, love it. And they would always, everyone would always refer to him as Eddie yeah. from the sitcom. And he would always correct them and say, no, my name is. And yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. brilliant, brilliant film. And like anyone who works in comedy, like for me, it's now become my, if ever I'm having a low moment, like, you know, oh God, is, this, is this the right thing I'm meant to be doing with my life? Because like, you know, when you're talking about like a callback to when you're saying, my mom says the horrible things, like hmm. I don't mean to, I do not mean to compete with you and win, but <laughs> 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 um, my mother, bless her heart, bless her soul, may she rest in peace, not pieces. You know, she was once asking me, where is all that money you made from stand-up comedy? And it was the way she said it was a very sort of like, you know, I felt like that guy with the bullet hole in his head in Scarface yeah, and yeah. Al Pacino driving saying, "We you know, huh? I told you, man, I told you, no fucking kids. No, but you wouldn't listen. Well, you're stupid fuck. Look at you now, you know. Like I was yeah. that guy with you know, who it turns out to be the uncle in Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. One who rings the bell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Old dude no, no, in the yeah. chair that kept ringing those, the bell.
1: Those of you watching visually, I just pulled a face, which was wrong, really. He's yes, basically,
0: yeah, yeah. He's in Scarface. He's the one who's next to Al Pacino, who's going to detonate the car bomb. And he keeps telling him, you know, speed up. You need to catch up with them. You're losing them, you know. And the whole moment is like, you know, no man, I told you, what's wrong with you? You sick fuck. No kids. Because like the guy was going to give a speech at the UN. But in the car was his wife and two kids. Ah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. So like back to my mom, she says to me, where's all that money you made from stand-up comedy? And... The comedian in me like that would handle hecklers Mm -hmm. forgot that she was my mother in the moment and replied sarcastically oh well you know stocks and shares mom you know with the after the crash of 2008 you know i just i lost all my millions i shouldn't have invested in harvey weinstein but oh well (laughs) yeah i bet she didn't
1: get did she get it did she get it
0: no she got she got my she got my sarcasm she didn't appreciate it and i didn't appreciate it in hindsight but and i apologized profusely even on her deathbed i was like i'm so sorry about this." she was like it's okay i know you don't mean to be an asshole you know um but i think you know back to the whole like would i do this for the paycheck you know it's Pot noodle, I don't. I, I think I think because I mm. wouldn't want to be known as the pot noodle guy. Would be my worry, yeah. you know. Do you think like, they
1: would though? Do you think they would be like, oh, you're the pot noodle guy? Because I've got, I've, I've got a friend uh, who's the little British yeah, Jason Cook. Do you know Jason Cook?
0: name. Uh, these names yeah. all do ring Jason bells. It's just I've been in Egypt for Cook fourteen years. Like apologies.
1: He was like this little chef and he'd run around on a little golf cart and stuff. And he made, made some money, did all right out of it, you know. But I don't think people know him as the little chef guy from McVitie's or anything like that. I okay. think people I think people understand that you've got to make money to, you know, do the things that you love.
0: It's like Rowan Atkinson. Hmm. Perfect example. I mean, if you look at Rowan Atkinson's career, if you look at, not the Nine O'Clock News, hmm. Black Adder, um, even Johnny English and Four Wings and Funeral as the stuttering priest. Hmm. Um, he's done all these different roles and yet a lot of people, especially the international non-English speaking audience, hmm. because he brought back the 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 Little Tramp slash Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton... Him. You know, vi- visual comedy that you didn't yeah. need to know English.
1: Yeah,
0: my mom loves Mr. Bean. I don't know, like, Same. Yeah, a- I don't know. My ge- older generation, they all love Mr. Bean. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: but,
0: but they also, my mom loves also Black Adder. Like we used to sit and watch Black-, yeah, 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 you know, good, good. Black Adder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loved Black Adder, loved Baldrick, the relationship between yeah, Baldrick yeah, yeah. and yeah. Black Adder, um, Captain Darling. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I've never watched sat down and watched Black Adder with my mum. I don't know if she'd get it, but she she likes Mr. Bean. She did like Mr. Bean. We've watched it recently and she just watches him and she goes, Oh stupid man. Stupid. Oh, like she it's gone from yeah, my mom
0: did some comedy blasphemy. You know, in the later years, she like after Robin Williams died, and I was just so gutted and heartbroken about, you know, mm. such a comedy legend. And my mom turned around, she was like, I never really cared for his films.
1: Um Popeye, come on.
0: Well, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire for me was one of my I loved I think Mrs. Doubtfire, but my favorite film of his, Mm. for some odd reason, every time he does a serious role, that's when I find him phenomenal, like in Awakenings, in uh, Goodwill Hunting, but more powerfully was uh, Moscow on the Hudson.
1: I'm not saying that.
0: Oh no. dude do yourself a favor see Robin Williams Moscow on the Hudson it's set during the Soviet era and the Russian the Soviet circus is touring in New York yeah, yeah, and his friend wants to defect but Robin Williams ends up being the one who defects ah. and oh, has yeah, to make his life so his character is a Russian slash Soviet former Soviet living in New York. Yeah, yeah, trying to make a living as an immigrant. It's a very bittersweet. It doesn't have like comedic moments like Good Morning Vietnam. No, 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 no. But even though Good Morning Vietnam, what's interesting about Good Morning Vietnam versus Moscow and the Hudson is that Adrian Cronow was supposedly this very lively, energetic radio DJ. So mm. Robin Williams brought his comedy persona to that role of yeah, yeah, Adrian sure. But when you watch him in Awakenings as the doctor dealing with a catatonic Robert De Niro, that's just a very sad to, yeah. that's very that's a very sad you need to do heroin after that film to forget you just watched it. It's one of those, as Reg D Hunter calls it, it's a fuck you movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, now I used to like Morgan Mindy. That was a
0: classic, classic. Oh brilliant Morgan Mindy. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, the cocaine years.
1: Oh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And I, I remember as a kid, I used to be obsessed with Popeye, the Robin Williams Popeye. Okay. And I, I, I know it was an absolute flop of a film. Everybody hated it. I thought it was amazing because it, it was the first time I'd ever seen, like, I know Batman is a comic book which has been bought to life in live action, but it was just being really. Alien that is like this Popeye character, this cartoon has been brought to life, you know, by Robin Williams by Mork. I loved it. I've always brought. It. I used to walk around with a sailor's cap on, and I used to have like this pipe, which was a, like a lamp, like a, a pipe, and he blew it, and it had like a piece of string, and as you blew it, the string would go round and round and round like a, like supposedly smoke. I should walk around going <laughs> oh this when I was a kid. And all the other kids
0: would just be like, "You're weird."
1: <laughs> but saying that, there was a girl. Just like is,
0: I am now, going, "He's weird." Yeah, he
1: is just staring at me. It was—I remember years ago as well, because I used to be dressed up as a Popeye, and there was this girl in the '80s who used to dress as Adam and the Ants. Do you know Adam Ant?
0: I remember Adam
1: And uh, Adam and back in the day, it was really hard to get like white makeup when you were a kid. like where'd you get white? You know, where would you get white makeup from? Your clothes. <laughs> huh? Clowns. Clowns. No, no, no. You, 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 where in the Midlands are you going to get white makeup from? Baby no. powder. No. Do you know what she used to use? Toothpaste. Uh... <laughs> She'd be like, looking like adamant. Well done, but slightly teary. And slightly you know,
0: smelling mint. of mint. Yeah, slightly smelling of mint. So, yeah. And but fluoride I, absorbing into her skin. Exactly. Yeah, that's that. We've gone into a weird tangent there because, like, now I've just now got an image of Queen Elizabeth's beauty regime and like videos on YouTube talking about how it was killing her slowly. That's the thing about makeup. Like, I it's funny you should say that because, like, years ago, like in 2014, I was I had a job at the school in Alexandria, and it was Halloween. Mm. I had long hair at the time, and. Because the month of November, November was around the corner, it was Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I thought I would start, you know, I'd shave, because yeah. I've never been clean shaven with long hair, like, no. was like a mustache and beard, mm. or goatee, or even just like the bottom part, but never ever clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. And I decided I wanted to get the makeup, and I was go as Eric Draven from The Crow. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Crow admittedly Eric Draven who went to McDonald's and stayed there for a very long time enjoying many many happy meals and nuggets and milkshakes but like you know a fat version of the crow and um to get them like because like I was trying to decide what am I going to be for Halloween and it's so hard in Egypt shopping for fancy dress for Halloween as an adult It is next to fucking impossible. Like I'm sure in Cairo, I've heard that in Cairo, there are stores that specialize in fancy dress clothes. Yeah,
1: yeah but,
0: it, but in Alexandria, it's next to impossible. But luckily I found this makeup kit at a shop that would give me the white paint that yeah, I could yeah, get yeah. the Eric Draven the Crow look. And it was terrible. It was like by the time I got to school, they were like. But weirdest thing was the taxi ride from my house yeah, to yeah. the school through the port and harbor and industrial area. That was like the first and only time I looked like Eric Draven or like yeah. a Goth yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in, in in Egypt, and I could see all these veiled people just like looking at me, going like the fuck, and yeah, me waving yeah. to them. It was madness
1: oh how old were you when that went? so that would have been
0: 2014 is seven years ago so i was 36 turning 37 that year eric draven that's funny
1: you've
0: got and you've got pictures of that you got photos of that, i right? do and it's on my instagram it is yeah, on well, my
1: instagram I will, be, I will be hunting for that so if you are listening listeners if you want to see pictures of safe what's the instagram
0: uh it would be my safe underscore abu underscore candiel my my comedy one it might be the ronin comedy one i would have to because i have two i've got ronin comedy and safe abu candiel so i would have to check but i will put the link
1: yeah i'll put the link to to that picture
0: oh yeah no that that definitely needs to be shared that definitely needs to be shared might even ask my producer to like make the tile that photograph of me it's as the t- like instead of my usual picture it'd be like that'll be a special
1: okay, Can you have a- me go like this?
0: If you get a nice good decent picture
1: then okay. <laughs> you, <can screen laughs> you might photograph. be
0: wanting yeah that's actually the right Figure. direction you'd be want yeah you yeah. want to you would mm-hmm. want to be pointing to your yeah. right Yeah okay okay
1: all that one
0: yeah.
1: there you go yeah. um, What's, What's kept you sane during the lockdown? What have you done? Have you, do, you learned any new skills or anything? Drugs. Drugs. Okay. Drugs. No, no, no. I'm joking.
0: Um, okay. Uh, no, 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 obviously, editing this mm. podcast has become a focal point of keeping me sane in the later part of the lockdown. I'm mm. starting to get my James Mason voice. So I'm just going to hydrate oh, one is? second I would say um, reading, mm. artwork, like it's drawing okay, and, and yeah. painting. Well, I I say painting, I use oil pastels on canvas, which is yeah. semi-cheating. No, um, no, no, no,
1: Jim, no. do, you know do you know what I love when people say oh I do this but I'm cheating, I'm doing this artwork but I'm cheating, no, no, you're creating artwork. Yeah Izzy I'm...
0: says the same thing about her artwork and I, I, I always well, I berate her for it. Cheating.
1: She says she's cheating.
0: She says she's cheating on terms of like when she wants to do, no she's, her exact words to be fair, she says like if I was to go to, this, to the high street and get all the art supplies to replicate the picture that I'm trying to draw it would cost me a lot of money. Whereas mm. I can do that all, I'm, you know, saving money and, you know, sort of. She didn't say cheating, but it was her way of trying to say I'm cutting out all of that by drawing on my tablet, on my iPad. Ah, that's rubbish. Is he? That's rubbish. You're not cheating. I don't. Please, she doesn't believe in herself as an artist, no, as a no, writer, as a jujitsu, no, as, no. as a comedian. Honestly, is he? She believes in herself, but oh, as an artist,
1: Joe, as an artist, an artist myself. I remember years ago, somebody turned around to me and said, oh, can you do some uh, caricatures of various, like, Edinburgh shows on the floors of Edinburgh? Can you do that for me? Yeah, we'll pay you. We'll pay you for materials, da-da-da, and we'll pay you to do it. And uh, I said, no, but Izzy can do it. And I said, I put Izzy forward, and she's brilliant. She's brilliant. If I didn't think that Izzy was any good, I wouldn't have been put her forward. I think she's amazing. I think she's a really good artist.
0: Brilliant. I did for free and out of the love of my heart for Peter Buckley Hill, in the 2007 PBH Free Fringe magazine, the map of Edinburgh was hand drawn by moi. Wow.
1: Excellent.
0: I had a lot of time to do it but stupidly I left it to the last minute, the deadline and, and the whole day beforehand. You know I had to draw the grids and started to replicate all the streets and the map of Edinburgh. Um, but yeah, if any, if any of our comedian listeners have a copy of the 2007 Peter Buckley Hill Free Fringe, okay. that map is drawn by me and I will autograph it for you when the lockdown lifts.
1: Excellent, excellent. Um, I'll tell you what I've been doing learning I've been learning new things. I've been learning how my art toys.
0: I saw those 3D art figures, that are funky, yeah, yeah. the funky speaker. So heads. In, yeah, so I've been stereo boombox heads. 3D,
1: there you go. I'll, I'll put one up to the camera. There you go. So I learned how to do that in lockdown.
0: So it's fully like you can actually move the arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So articulated. There you go.
1: Move the arms up and down. That is
0: so funky.
1: Yeah, so I've been making those. I've been making. Uh, pandas. Pandas. Yeah, it's this latest one. This is like hip hop panda. of have made.
0: Did you just say trip hop panda? No, hip hop. Oh, hip hop panda. Okay, that makes yeah, yeah, more hip-hop. sense than trip hop.
1: Yeah, it could be a trip hop panda if you wanted to be. Trip hop, yeah, so hip hop panda. Yeah, so I've made that, and that's actually solid gold spray. <laughs> <laughs> you had me.
0: I was like, He's been no, That's, quite, that's, He's been... Cold, it? that's You've been smelting that in your in your garage. I've been
1: doing this thing they call kit bashing. Put that on there. So kit bashing is where you get the new toys, and then you just like piece them all together. So, so that is the arm. This is a Batman. Batman's gun. The backpack of one of those robots from. Uh, Empire, but not the the prequels. Clone Wars. Uh, Yeah, a monkey's head from like some monkey zoo thing. These are Obi-Wan Kenobi's legs. Uh, This is a Five Nights at Freddy's robot hand. Yeah, so I've been just uh, messing about with that sort of stuff as well. So just learning new things. So, and then drawing, obviously, animating, doing all sorts.
0: Refusing to illustrate children's books. Refusing to illustrate <laughs> children's books
1: for uh, 15% of the... Uh, 15 or 15?
0: 15, or
1: 15. Split down the middle.
0: Well, but you know, I think what was what, uh, you know, like, I'm not meaning to, like, you know, drag a dead horse through the town square and flog it, but... Mm. I think for me, the fact that somebody who wanted to work on a children's book, but swear it so fucking much in the post, it it just made me wonder, you know, like, who, what's the demographic?
1: And his grammar was a bit shit as well.
0: I don't know how his was. (laughs) I've been improving my grammar throughout, and I'm trying my hardest not to improve the grammar of others, unless they're racists. Yeah. On uh, on social media, because like there's a lot of people that are forgetting grammar rules and spelling, and
1: yeah, I, I I'm very, well, I don't correct people's grammar, but I've got this one friend Nick who constantly corrects my spelling and grammar, but does it in a passive aggressive way. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah,
0: go on example.
1: I'm trying to think of an example because I always edit them, and then just delete his post. <laughs>
0: his
1: comment and just edit it and delete it. Yeah, that's what I do. Just to say, fuck you, but without saying, fuck you. Which is passive-aggressive, really. Uh, anyway, uh, say, what time First, is it now?
0: It is time where I say, you know, I always ask my guests one universal question, because it's... Um, hidden indirectly for me sometimes as well as for other creative listeners or people that want to be creative in any way we all get the proverbial creators block writers block artists block a blockage of our inner self that stops Mm. us from creating how do you combat that and do you have any shareable tips that you can pass on to listeners
1: yeah So, as an artist, if I'm stuck and I don't know what to draw, you know what I mean? You sit there and go, I want to draw something, and you can't think of anything. I've got this uh, app, which is called uh, Jazz's RT Games.
0: Jazz's RT Games?
1: Yeah. And what you do, it gives you prompts on things to draw. So it'll give you like a character, uh, an action, clothing, and then you just tap the button and it like gives you an option. Like it will say like penguin bartender cleaning glass. And then you just draw that
0: and it just like loosens you up. So it's a bit like Inktober. It's a bit like Inktober. Yeah,
1: yeah, kind of like Inktober thing, but it's like really random. Because that Uh,
0: that was something that helped me overcome my artistic blockage, was was Inktober.
1: Yeah, Inktober's brilliant. Uh, Inktober's brilliant. But he's the guy who came up with it. He's a bit of a nobby. Jake Parker? Yeah, did you hear what he did? No. So basically, so people who did Inktober. Quite a lot of artists want to um get a sell their work. Him. Okay, no 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 no. They they want to like they'll do a book and they'll want to like sell their book um saying, Oh, this is our Inktober my Inktober. But he's uh he's he's done like cease and desists to people for using the term Inktober or using the logo.
0: So did you not know this? No. I did not know this. No, did not you go. hear about this. There's,
1: yeah, it is it's a brilliant concept and I love it and I, I used to do it every year, but it's a bit of a short, these little 31 page books.
0: We're back to our philosophical question. Would you do the noodle advert? Yeah, do the noodle advert.
1: Would you do the Would I do it? I'd do it. Would you do, I'd the... do it. I'd be like ching chong noodles, chim chum noodles? <laughs> come on. <laughs> Hello, these noodles are very really tasty. I'll eat them. Chum chum chum. Yeah.
0: When I am in the,
1: thank you very much.
0: when I'm in, <clears throat> when I'm in the desert in the cold of night nothing gets me more full and more content than falafel and hummus and halloumi flavored <laughs> pot noodle falafel hummus and halloumi pot noodle it's the one for you Effendi, by the fire when you're on your camel excellent
1: i like this pot noodle because it makes me feel good, it doesn't make me feel laughable.
0: <laughs> I like this pot noodle because it doesn't oh, make me people. feel like I should have a wife by now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love pot noodle. Yeah, so if you're watching pot noodle or listening,
0: you got some potential, market, potential market, you got Ching Chong Chinese yeah. <laughs> flavor. You can say I
1: can't. You can't say it. I can say it. I can say say it. I'm I'm
0: ethnic. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we're white. We're men of color. I can say You, on the other hand, you walk a fine line because you're half white.
1: I do, and I, I I like. uh, I do a bit in my set where I go, um, you know, I'm a man of color. You know, I can say the N word, can't I? And like the audience just go, "Mm, no. I say, yeah, man. What up, my noodles? And then I tell you know I tell him my favorite uh, my favorite action hero when I was a kid was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> noodle.
0: It's uh, actually quite, quite good. Comedy.
1: Can't wait to get back. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's actually quite good, thank you. Oh, mate, I just want to get back doing comedy as well. Have you I done any see.
0: online gigs?
1: Uh, no. I've done no uh, have I yes, I did one for Colin Lego. Do you know Colin Lego?
0: Again, no Apologies, no.
1: Colin and Rob, do you remember them? Anyway, so I did uh, like a it was sort of like it wasn't really such a it was more of a podcast, but then we had to do like five minutes material, which was quite fun. It was quite fun, it was good. It's good. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. But I don't know, have you done any online gigs?
0: I have, as a matter of fact, I've done yeah. I've done three open mics. Uh, one of them was done on a platform that was streamed, linked to YouTube yeah. recently, and I did a, another gig, an online gig for Dahlia Malik in the states, yeah, comedy in English. It's it's definitely interesting to you know be doing stand up to your you know, as long as you as long as you have decent sound, decent lighting, you can hear yourself. You, hear the laughter? If you, you can hear
1: the laughter as well.
0: Well, that's the thing. Uh with the gig I did for Dahlia Malik, uh the audience generally turn their microphones off and their cameras off, but they react with emojis. So it's Oh, okay. It's a bit of a, it it takes a bit of getting used to and also the South Africans on laughter on lockdown South Africa. Mm. Uh, I know President Obonjo has done them. I know that Mm -hmm. Anil Desai, I've done them and they're pretty decent. They do this every Saturday at 7.30 our time zone which would be 5.30 your time zone. And it's not, I mean like, once you get used to the fact that people are writing emojis of laughing smileys then it's good but if they're not liking what you're doing they or they don't get your humor they post the the, the image of eyes that they're just staring they don't get what you're it's just eyes not even a get not even a face a smiley face staring at you just a pair of eyes so and
1: that's to say I don't get that
0: there, it's as in there it's the way they orchestrated it is or the way that they sell it is like how the compare explains it is like i'm looking at you i don't understand what you're saying oh you my know God, that's horrible yeah luckily yeah. i've had no eyes i've had oh. no eyes in the three or four times i've done the open mic with the south africans so i'm happy to say i've had Safe is on fire, this guy is funny, the uncle is funny because they refer to people that are older as uncle mm. in South Africa. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, generally I do the... I'm actually going to start to try, by the time this episode is uploaded, hopefully I'll be running, because uh, after Ramadan. Right now, I'm recording ahead of when I upload. So oh, okay. there are episodes that get recorded. They get edited for the ums, the errs, the dead space, the excuse me while I whip this off, excuse me while I go and get this yeah, yeah, and yeah. moments, or the yeah, like. So excuse me. Or, or like, there was a funny moment actually when Esther was my was our guest on the show with no name, and we were talking about kids or being parents or something, and it was at that point mm-hmm. that you could hear off camera behind the closed door her child I think it was her daughter telling her something and her telling her like Esther saying you know like you know go being a mother I can't remember the exact nature Mm -hmm. of it but I just remember me saying we are so leaving that in there and Esther looking at me as I said that with that, oh, how dare you leave this moment. And it was like, it was, Once she gave me that look, it cemented the moment of like, this is a funny moment to leave in the podcast. So there's, yeah, all, yeah, sure. the, the, the thing about the show with no name, and as we come um, come up to the close, because I'm aware, unlike my British counterparts, that for us, time is a luxury in the Middle East. You know, we take our sweet time with everything. But I get it people will be like is this more than an hour I really have other things to do you know um we in the show with no name we have no rules we talk about anything and everything revolving around comedy people that are being drawn to the field of comedy and creativity because there are some going to be guests that are coming up on the show that are not comedians work with comedians but they're not comedians themselves So I'm, because that's the beauty of the show with no name title, is that you're not expecting it to be, Mm. what are you expecting it to be? It's basically the art of conversation. The best way, if I was to give it a a, a, a slogan, I would say it, the show with no name is a safe space, literally and metaphorically, for good old fashioned conversation between like minded individuals.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're just having a chat, aren't we? Just I having like a
0: it. good old fashioned chinwag.
1: That's it, Nick. You know, you don't want to have a, sh- a podcast where you have to be forced and funny out of people. Do you know what I mean?
0: I think naturally it's funny is always nice more funny.
1: nice to have a chat, isn't it?
0: It's nice to have a chat, and like in these day, in this day and age, when we're all under lockdown and at home. You know, looking for a nice little sort of like it's nice to have that talk radio atmosphere mm. in a podcast and that's kind of what the element i try to bring to it as much as possible and just excellent. being my natural self
1: excellent excellent
0: um chris this is the segment of the show as we come to the close where i ask you my guest yeah. your shameless promotion shameless self-promotion what have you got going on right now that you'd like our listeners to focus on?
1: Okay, okay. so if you like uh, Instagram, I'm on Instagram, uh, the art of Oxy on Instagram. I am also oxycomedian comedian on there. Uh, I'm also doing TikTok, where I am oxycomedian. comedian. I'm also art of Oxy. And if you're wondering how to spell Oxy, it's not Oxy, it's OKSE. Uh, the reason I spell it like that is because uh, I used to spell it Oxy, but then they brought it out the spot cream. I thought I need to change uh, that. I used that. And then I found then I found out that OKSE in Estonia means vomit, uh, but I'm keeping it. So yeah. So if you search anything OKSE, that you'll find me on there, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube. Okay, see. That's me. Unless it's not me. <laughs>
0: in yeah. which case, it's another half English, half Chinese from Macau comedian based in the Midlands that does art for children's books.
1: Who was born in Wales?
0: Who was born in Wales. Inside a killer whale, not a sperm whale.
1: Yeah, no, not no, like an actual place,
0: place, place.
1: Excellent stuff. Thank Chris, you. Thank you very
0: much for having me on here. Chris, I really it appreciate it. And I have one little thing I'll let you go with. Um, when you were talking about getting into comedy and comedy writing, a mm. few years into my journey, Sajila Kershi was going to a screenwriting seminar session on a Saturday in mm. London. And one of the panellists on the show was Nick Revel. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah.
0: And I'd seen Nick Revel at the watershed for PJ. He was actually the funniest comedian I had seen there.
1: I thought you were going to turn around to me and go, I saw Nick Revel, and the last time I saw Nick Revel, he was supporting Russell Brand and doing warm-up for Big Brother's Little Brother. And I turned around to him and I said, I fucking hate
0: mean <laughs> anyway, said, so Actually, he... he- he did this routine i fell in love with and that's kind of what cemented my journey of comedy Mm. was he had this routine about buying the dvd of the 1966 um obviously he ad-libbed and added embellished parts because i don't think this stuff was on there but he was talking about how he had the dvd of that football game between england and germany Mm. and he did this nice little rendition of like when the queen came into the team's rooms And met, you know, Bobby Moore, captain of the England team, and then the captain of the German team, and then meeting the referee who was from Russia. And his routine revolves around the Queen telling the referee, Russia suffered greatly in the Second World War. And I think that that captain of the German team over there's great-great-grandfather raped your great-great-grandmother in the Eastern Front. You know, it was this lovely, and it had, it was this very beautifully elaborate, silly, Mm -hmm. Monty Python-esque realm of imagination and fantasy of journey, and that's essentially what I always try to bring to my stand-up and to my show, so Chris, you've been a phenomenal guest on Saveable Candles, the show with no name, episode 17, on the edge of 17, as Jeffrey Epstein always used to sing.
1: Thank you very much for having me, and uh, let, let's chat off podcast as well. Excellent stuff. Anyway, I will speak to you soon.
0: Speak to you soon, Chris. And again, thank you for being on Safe with the Candle the show. OKSE Oxenbury from the Midlands a brilliant comedian and a phenomenal artist, was my guest of Safeable Candles, the show with no name. And as always, peace be upon you, namaste, and all that jazz.